Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Hey everyone, thank you all for tuning into Biz My Kids, the quarantine edition. My name is Nikki Watson, and I just want to let you know that our future is so bright. Why? You're about to see young scholars pour their heart out, want to know what does it take to be successful. They'll be interviewing today's business leaders to learn how to be tomorrow's business leaders. They will break down those communication barriers between different generations. Check them out. Kevin Sutherland and this is BMK, Business Minds Kids, where we train the kings and queens of the future. In today's episode, Omari Weary and Brooke Smith will be interviewing Ms. Rashawn Ali, who is a TV journalist and is someone who is true to America. Oh, to Atlanta. Take it away, guys. I would just like to thank you today, Ms. Ali. Well, Ms. Ali, for taking the time out of your day to be here. Thank you. My first question for you is about the sister circle. Since you told us that this was originally something you went to school for, how do you plan on enacting it in future years? Take your craft seriously. It will only continue to lend itself back to you. Um, what I was able to do in the three seasons that we did have on sister circle was to prepare every single day. I never took I never took a show for granted. I never got used to the fact that I had gotten good at it because the the the, the moment you think that you got it all is the moment that you can, you know, make a mistake or I mean there there are mistakes that are going to be made, but every day I went in and I went in as a very prepared journalist. Um I prepared not only just um as a journalist, but I prepared my energy. I prepared to receive good energy. I prepared to um, put out good energy. And so um, I think now that the show is no longer, because of all the good that I've been able to do and the blessings that I've been able to receive, um, only good will come from that because you reap what you sow. Um, and I've been able to sow some great seeds here, not only in Atlanta, but but uh, across the world, I think. And um, I'm looking forward to whatever is next for us. Um, but I, again, I was able to work with some amazing people. Uh, the other co-hosts were Selena Johnson, who's a Grammy, um, Grammy-nominated singer, Trina Braxton from the Braxton um, Family Values, who's just a phenomenal businesswoman, and Ms. Quad from Married to Medicine, who's also another phenomenal businesswoman. Um, so I was able to share space with those women and learn so much from each of them um, that have made me better as a woman. So uh, Sister Circle was not just a show, it really was something that helped me move my career forward, both um, move my career forward, but also it made, it allowed me to move forward personally. I learned so much about myself throughout that process. Talking about that, well, in the future, now we're going to bring it back to the past. What advice would you give your 13-year-old self? My 13-year-old self, Amari? Um, that it's really not that serious. Like, to embrace being a 13-year-old and not trying to be 16, 17, and 20. Um, 
I have a 13 year old at home. She's an eighth grader and I wish I would have been a little bit more open with my parents and allow them to love on me like they, like if I would have allowed them to love on me, because I think when you're, you're, you guys age, you kind of shut us off and we really don't want to be shut off. Um, we will allow you to have your own privacy, but just, just talk to us and know that we are here to love on you and support you and really just be, you know, a parent and not a friend friend, but at least, you know, know that we're not going to make you feel bad about the way you feel or the things that you may be going through. So I would, I would allow myself to be a little bit more open with the people who love me and guide me. I would tell my 13 and that it's not that serious. I know y'all think a whole bunch is serious right now, but it's really not that serious. It's not that serious. That's what I would tell my 13 year old self. My, my next question for you is, what was your first job and how did your first job shape you as a person? Job. My first job was when I was 14 years old. I was a junior lifeguard at um, Atlanta Parks and Rec. Like I was, I used to work at, um, my first job was at Pittman Park um, in Mechanicsville as a junior lifeguard. So I was a swimmer my whole life, but then I got certified as a junior lifeguard. And I remember getting checks, like big checks, especially back then. Um, as a junior lifeguard and I was able to like pay for my own clothes and pay for my own shoes but I was I loved having that type of responsibility that early to see um like what it meant to be responsible with that type of money because I was getting some big checks especially for a 14 year old um but that was my first job as a teenager but then my first job out of college honestly was with the Atlanta Board of Education because I wanted to go to film school, but my mom didn't let me go to film school after I graduated with my broadcast journalism degree. So uh, that taught me that you never know where your journey is going to take you, even though you feel like you have everything set in place, like this is what I'm going to do, and then I'm going to do this and do that. But that particular job showed me that sometimes you don't have control over what you think is going to happen, but you got to be okay with it as you move forward in your journey. So we talked about your past, your future, and everything that shaped you. What do you plan on doing in the next 15 years? 15 years? Well, in the next 15 years, I'll be 60 years old. No, for real, I will be. Um, I actually turn 45. I will turn 45, 45 in June. Um, I'm looking forward to being... Oh man, I'm just looking forward to making sure that my passion and my purpose are aligned and that my level of success is true to who I am. I think when people think of success, even at your young age, that they think, oh, that success means you have money and you have notoriety. No, success means, are you happy with who you are and happy with who you become? Um, I think that that throughout this quarantine and so much and, and the maturation or the maturity that I've been able to um, step into is knowing that success does not always equal money or notoriety. Success means waking up and being happy about where you are. And I'm really happy with 
who I am and where I am and where I'm going to be able to see another day, to be able to see the flowers bloom. You all will, you all will understand that a little bit later on in life, but hopefully you will get to it sooner than I did. Um, so in the next 15 years, I hope to spread as much joy and happiness with others that I can. Well, thank you for your responses. Um, and thank you for being here, honestly, because to have someone of your magnitude here is just really special today. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much. That means so much. I appreciate it. Hi, Mr. Sean. Um, my name is Brooke, and I'm going to be the next person to interview you. So I'm super excited to be interviewing you today. And we're just going to get into the questions. So my first question is something while I was doing my research, I realized that you seem to have obtained most of your talents at around the age of three and those talents, including singing and um, swimming. So do you still have interest in swimming? And if not, why did you, why did you stop? Uh, I'm not a singer, but I have sang background for a couple of people, but I, I would not consider myself a, a singer. Uh, it was just, you know, when you're creative, like, you're just like, oh, try anything. I knew by the age of three that I needed to be, like, in front of somebody's microphone. That's why I actually have a microphone to my left right now. Like, I knew I was going to be on somebody's screen. I've got lights right here, my little ring lights. I got backdrops. You know, all the things that I, I've, I've always been this person. So swimming, I started swimming competitively when I was five. I learned how to swim at three. My daddy was my swim coach. And I got a scholarship to Florida A&M to, to swim all four years. It paid for my education. Um, do I swim now? So I did a sprint triathlon. And a sprint triathlon, the distances between among the three uh, events that you do, swimming, biking, and running, are kind of, you know, they're small. So you have a 500 meter swim, um, a three mile, a three mile run, no, uh, like a 15 mile bike and then a three mile run. Um, so I train for that. I don't swim recreationally because, I mean, I do swim recreationally like at our like neighborhood pool, but I just don't swim like just a swim just because I did it my whole life. I literally swam competitively from like five to 21. And like, so I just don't, say, hey, let me go to the pool. Because I look at a pool and I'm like, I see miles. I see miles and miles and miles that I had to swim. So I don't really, you know, you know do it that much anymore. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that, that, that I was able to go to college on a swimming scholarship because it taught me the discipline that I, I use to this day. Anytime, could you tell us a bit more about your childhood? I had a really, really good childhood. I can't even... Um, say anything crazy my my mom was um a social worker she actually was the head of the social work department at emory hospital one of the first um executives in the 1980s that you would find first black executives that you would find at a hospital of the magnitude of emory um so she was very uh she was, she was a big time woman, like in the eighties, like you imagine a black woman with short hair, like sassy, just controlling everything in the social work department for, you know, if you know what social workers do, they, they do so much when it comes to making sure things are run properly in homes. I mean, they do, they have a, they have a litany of things that they do. And my dad is a legendary, he's retired now, 
high school football coach, Southwest DeKalb High School. He went to the, he won a state championship in 1995. He sent over 300 plus young men to college on scholarships. Um, he was my swim coach. My mom actually coached uh, um, park football, like Pop Warner football. So she was a woman, like coaching boys. Like, so I've, I've had sports around me my whole life. Uh, my, my brother uh, is four years older than me. He has a, a beautiful wife and two children. They live in um, Snellville, no, Lawrenceville. Uh, and he went to Tennessee State University on a football scholarship. He was a punter. You don't hear a lot about black punters, but he broke records as, as a punter. He graduated with a computer, sci computer science degree. So we came from a pretty well-rounded family and um, had a great I can't complain about my upbringing. It was How about your college experience at an HBCU? You want to know about the, You want to know about the, Let me tell you something, okay? Young people. Going to an HBCU, my parents went to Delaware State University, which is a black college. So they only talked to me and my brother and my brother and I about black schools. They said, whatever you do for undergrad, go to a black school. We want you're pushing black schools. You can get your you can get your master's or your doctorate at a at a at a, a predominantly white institution. I did not even apply to a PWI. I applied to North Carolina AT, Florida AM, Tennessee State, and Jackson State University. I got into all four of those schools. I got into Jackson State's academic program. I was accepted as just a regular student at Tennessee State and North Carolina A&T. And then when my SAT score shot up, that's when FAMU came with all the money. I can really not even express to you the importance of not only a college, grad, a college degree, but an HBCU experience. It's bigger than a degree at an HBCU. I learned who I was as a black young woman. I did because I was able to be around people from all socioeconomic backgrounds, from all cultural identities, and it allowed me seeing them and experiencing life with them allowed me to have a better appreciation for who I am as a black woman. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Going to a black school will change your entire life. It will change your entire life. There's not much more I can say. I did everything. I, I participated in everything. I was a very involved student. I would not change my HBCU experience for anything in the world. I met my husband there. The reason why I'm sitting, I'm sitting right here in this home with the children that we have is because I met my husband at Florida a &M University. And we've been married almost 18 years. We have a 13 and 10 year old and a dog. And I could not have been more blessed in my life. And I attribute that because I'm, I attribute that to having chosen Florida a University and he chose it and his sister chose FAMU. And then my other sister-in-law chose FAMU and my brother went to Tennessee State. Like it's just, once you go to an HBCU, whatever job you get or whatever business partner that you may form a relationship with and you're saying like the leader of this program, and when she just said, you, oh, I went to South Carolina State. I already knew that they're the Bulldogs. Like she knows that I'm a Rattler. Like it's a thing, it's a thing. Like there's, there is a sisterhood, there's a brotherhood that is instant when you know someone else went to an HBCU. We're gonna get into my next question, which was, what do you miss about radio? Ooh. Well, 
God is so good that I get to do radio now, filling in for my mentor, Ryan Cameron. Um, radio is my first love. And I used to try to deny that once I got into television, but radio will get you ready for everything. You have to be quick on your feet with responses. You have to be quick on your feet, delivering a story within a, a certain amount of time. You have to be, um, you have to listen when it comes to interviewing, you have to listen. And what I will tell you all, as you continue to mature in this space, listening is the key to interviews. Sometimes we get so used to asking the next question that's on the page that we don't listen to what the person is saying. So a lot of your questions will come from the response that you get from the person from the first question you had. And you all will learn that in time, but I, have, I am so prepared for my career because of the foundation of radio. And the fact that I get to do it now from my home, literally right in my front room because of the program called Clean Feed and I can actually sit in for Ryan from my home is a beautiful blessing. Um, so I'm glad to be able to do it. I have my own podcast like you guys are doing called the Cool Sewer Podcast where I interview uh, women and black Greek letter organizations just about their, their careers and the things that they're doing. And um, I, I've just been extremely blessed, extremely blessed. But radio will always be my first love. That's, that is a blessing. And it, I know that is just so amazing to be able to do like your first love at home yeah. in the comfort of your home. Right. Yeah, have your own podcast. Yeah, good. I heard you talking about HBC, HBCUs mm -hmm. and the HBCU experience. So, what made you choose? What made you choose to go to FAMU? And what's something you would tell someone looking to go there? Well, I chose FAMU. I went to visit FAMU when I was in the tenth grade, um, and uh, my my god sister went there and so my godmother my godfather father took me to a homecoming there and uh and then my brother again I, I said that he went to tennessee state so there was this big classic that used to happen in atlanta between tennessee state and florida a m so i would go to those games even prior going to tallahassee but i went to tallahassee in the 10th grade when i was 15 and i was floored i was like oh this how they doing it i need to how do i how do i sign up um and even though once I applied to the four schools that I told you about, Tennessee State, North Carolina A&T, Jackson State, and FAMU, I was actually going to go to Tennessee State because I had been going there since I was in the eighth grade because my brother went to college there. Um, but when FAMU came with the free money, I had to, you know, make a decision. Uh, and that decision was to go to Florida a University. I would, of course, I'm going to err on the side of, you know, encouraging everybody to go to Florida A&M. Uh, in Tallahassee, Florida. But of course, you know, that's not going to be for everyone. It was for me. Like, I think my older daughter is a Howard girl. Like she, I just feel like she's going to go to Howard. Um, Cause I just feel like, you know, it's a, it's a certain type of, a certain type of person that goes to FAMU, certain type of person that goes to Howard, you know, if you want to say it like that, but I, I'm going to encourage each and every one of you to at least apply to two to three uh, HBCUs when you when and if you decide to go to college uh, because again that experience you cannot put a price on the experience that you will have at an HBCU you cannot put you can all you can't even really describe it. that's why I'm just like I, I'm at a loss for words to try to, to try to put it into words as to what the experience is you have to just go in the, in and experience it yourself 
so I'm going to share a little bit about me. I actually really, the school that I really wanted to go to was FAMU, and it still is FAMU right now, and I'm so glad to hear hear you talk about FAMU and the way that you talk about it, and it makes me even more excited for the time when I'm able to go visit visit colleges and yeah. just, like, find out which one I'm going to. Awesome. So now we're going to talk about after college, and I heard while I was doing my research again, I saw that you wanted to become a director and your mom said no. Yeah. So what was that like? And do you see yourself directing in the future? Um, yeah, that was awful because I, because my parents didn't pay for undergrad, I automatically assumed that they would pay for graduate school. And that was a conversation that I never had with my parents. And so when I got accepted into American University, flew up there to visit the school, to talk to the professors, I thought everything was a go. And then my mom said no. And uh, back then, you know, I wasn't the type of child, or even at 21 years old, to fight what they, you know, back then it was like, whatever I say goes kind of thing. Um, and I'm sure you probably experience that now, but um, I should have fought for myself a little bit more. But then, you know, you think back on it, like, I wouldn't have this story. I wouldn't be where I am today had I gone there. My, my, the, the trajectory of my life would have been completely different. I do see myself directing in the future. Um, I've done a couple of things, you know, here and there. But um, I see myself doing, doing some directing in the future. Um, I, I'll never say never. But again, that part, that no is a big part of my, my story. And I don't know who I would be had she had said yes. So even though it was a part of my life that was very hurtful, um, I don't know who I would be had I been able to go. So I'm not sure. Yeah, but I'm going to do it. I'm definitely going to continue to do it. Yeah, that's good that you're still following your dreams, even yeah. though you did have that no in the past and you're still pursuing it and trying your best to get there. Yeah. Um, unfortunately that was my last question. And first we've coming to a conclusion of this episode. So I'll just talk about a couple of things that were asked and already talked about circle and what we're experience like. Um, you also asked, what would you give your uh, advice? Would you give your 13 year old self your first job? Um, and what are you looking to in the next years? Um, Brooke asked before she left the call, she asked, are you interested in swimming still like you were when you were younger? And that was that recap for today's episode. So my well wishes goes out to everybody who is stuck in the house with their family and, well, with their family being crazy. People who have not been able to attend college anymore because of quarantine and also the first responders. My well wishes go out to everyone who's been on the front line, whether it's working at grocery stores, restaurants, uh, doctors especially, nurses, yeah, and medical physicians and practitioners. My well wish goes out to the people who are sick and they don't have the coronavirus because heart attacks, 
and all these other all, all these other things they don't stop they keep going so we need to make sure that we're still remember that we're still you know thinking of the ones that are that are sick even if it's not the coronavirus and i want to make sure that um i send my well wish out to them let's say my well wishes go to you each and every one of you for taking the time to continue to um get better at your craft um to be a part of this amazing organization and to continue to um you know push through i don't think people applaud you all enough for what you are doing and enduring and um i just i'm grateful for you all i'm grateful that you are you are just um outstanding young people and uh I, I i wish and hope the very best for each and every one of you you're very gifted and talented and don't let anyone whether it's a family member a friend or anyone that's in your ear deter you from what um, is divinely yours and so i want to well i want to send my well wishes to you and your amazing leader miss nikki for doing what she's doing you all need to know that this type of work is not easy and this is a passion project for her and her entire team so please when when she's pushing you to do your very best it comes from a really really beautiful authentic place and so my well wishes go to this amazing organization and for each and every one of you to keep pushing through and thank you for your great energy that you had throughout the um the yeah. q a and just overall today so thank you thank you wow thank you so much that means a lot to your grandma I say hi and hope to be back in a in a bigger way. I, I know that um I know that the universe will send me everything that I've I've been able to to deliver with goodness and kindness. And I would suggest that you all, you know, um operate operate your lives in that way and being kind and good to others because you can only receive what you've been what you've given to the world. So just operate in the space of goodness and only good things will come to you. So I know this is not the end for me or anybody that was associated with the show. Um, I'm only, I'm excited about, I wake up with the spirit of anticipation every single day that something great is going to happen. No matter if I allow, if I make somebody smile, if I make a good dinner, you can't really put, um, you know, um, the level of success for that day on one particular thing. It could be you allowing someone to feel the love. So just don't, you know, everything is, is an opportunity to be better than you were the day before. So um, I'm happy that I had this experience because it made me feel really good. Thank you for watching Business Minds Kids, where we train the kings and queens of the future.